Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Welcome to the Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Ned Foley is a constitutional scholar at The Ohio State University. He's written a provocative piece for The Washington Post on a subject that we discussed a couple of days ago, but bears reanalysis. Is that a word? Analyzing once again. How about that? It's good to have him back. Professor, thank you for your time. Begin by explaining to us what exactly does Section 3 of the 14th Amendment say and what does it mean? Sure. Good to be with you today. Um, so this was adopted after the Civil War, and it's designed or was designed to make sure that uh, individuals who had been in, in the U.S. government before the Civil War and then joined the Confederacy or aided the Confederacy would be disqualified from coming back into government service because they had betrayed their country. So that's kind of the motivating essence of it, but it's written in language that's broader than just the Civil War itself. It applies to any insurrection or rebellion against the United States, and that's why there's now this discussion about whether or not it's applicable to to Donald Trump and his role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. In the context of the Civil War, did it apply only to officers or to everyone? Everyone. I, I think the, well, everyone who uh, who was in government and then played a role. I think the figure, you know, I had to dust off my history books to kind of, because um, some of the figures were not well known to me, but, but a guy named John Breckinridge, I think, is the most interesting parallel to Trump. He was vice president of the United States in 1860, and he ran for president against Abraham Lincoln in that election of Kia election of 1860 that precipitated the Civil War. Breckinridge got the second most electoral votes to Lincoln. He got all the electoral votes from the South that became the Confederacy. Um, and after the Civil War broke out, he joined the Confederacy first as a general in the army. So he did have a military role. But then he became Secretary of War for the Confederacy, um, and he was exactly the kind of person that they wanted to disqualify from potentially coming back into government during Reconstruction. He was a charismatic, popular figure, you know, quite young, and, and there were people after the Civil War that wanted, you know, Breckinridge to get back into politics, but it was well understood that he was disqualified by this provision. So if Donald Trump has engaged, if Donald Trump or anyone else has engaged in insurrection or rebellion, those are the words, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, they are precluded 
from running for president of the United States. And you, Professor Foley, are here to say that you think it applies in this case and that things need to be done so as to avert his ability to be the Republican nominee. How should this play out according to you? Yeah, so I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, the contribution that I'd like to make is the procedural one, as you mentioned. I think it's important that this issue get resolved one way or the other. I think it is debatable uh, on both sides. The issue of Trump uh, and how his status under this provision can be argued both ways. And that's why I think it's essential for the U.S. Supreme Court to be the institution that resolves it. I think it's essential that that happened before the, the November 2024 election, which is a practical matter, needs to happen before the Republican nominating convention next July. Because I think the real horrific constitutional crisis that would happen is that if Trump did win the Electoral College uh, in November of 2024, you know, he won the popular vote that would give him 270 electoral votes having been on the ballot and not having this adjudicated ahead of time, um, there's a risk that Congress could try to invoke this clause of the Constitution on January 6, 2025. And I think that would make that January 6 far more fraught with peril uh, than as awful as January 6, 2021 was, because that would have meant that Trump had won, it wouldn't be a dispute about counting ballots. And there would have been the sense that the voters would have been deprived of their victory in that instance by Congress coming afterwards and refusing to allow him to be inaugurated. So I'm writing at this time in the hope that we can find a different procedure to settle this issue one way or another in advance. And you recommend that it would be a secretary of state who makes a preliminary administrative ruling of Trump's constitutional inability. Uh, could be red state, could be blue state, but obviously more likely is that some blue state secretary of state would say you can't be on our state's ballot. And that would then begin a litigation process that would reach the Supreme Court of the United States. Correct. I mean, I think we're going to see this litigation one way or another anyway. There's been news reporting that there are two public uh, different um, active um, organizations and nonprofit interest groups, if you will. I'm not associated with either one of them, and and I I don't really know their thinking, but there's news reporting that they are planning to litigate this issue and have written letters to various secretaries of states and other election officials. So, you know, I think actually it would have been advisable to have some of this already played out already, as opposed to kind of the last minute before uh, we get to the primaries and, you know, the, in New Hampshire and the Iowa caucuses and so forth. But um, the sooner we get to this, the better, I, I think. And and because of technical reasons of uh, court jurisdiction and so-called standing doctrine and whatnot, um, I think the litigation will be very chaotic if it's just brought by these interest groups. I think um, the more responsible, orderly way to have this uh, adjudicated uh, for the sake of the nation is for election officials to take a solemn responsibility to look into this. Professor Foley, accordingly. And, yeah. I, I have two related uh, concerns. One is, where's the finding? Where's the finding that he has engaged in insurrection or rebellion? He wasn't he's not been charged with sedition. If he'd been charged with sedition and convicted, it's a no brainer. But I worry that 
that instead it's going to be an argument maybe predicated on the January 6th commission where there was no cross-examination and that half the country, this is my second concern, half the country is going to go batshit if this is the way in which Donald Trump were denied the opportunity to stand for election. Well, I, I agree with, with, with you in, in that I think there has to be due process, um, and there hasn't been that kind of finding. That's why I do think it has to be adjudicated in a court with you know, appropriate due process. Um, it would, again, the, the, the place that it shouldn't be adjudicated in is in Congress on January 6, 2025. You know, it could have been adjudicated uh, in the impeachment proceedings, but when you know Senator Mitch McConnell said that the Senate had no authority to um, handle the impeachment trial once Trump had left office, that mechanism of adjudication was foreclosed. Uh, I mean, they went ahead with the vote, but it didn't get to the 67 votes. So, you know, our constitutional apparatus for this is, is quite complicated, but we need, we absolutely need that court proceeding, which is why I don't think it's just the Secretary of State. I think a Secretary of State could initiate it, but part of my piece was to say that um, we need legislation uh, to create the adjudicatory mechanism. It would have been better if Congress had passed this kind of statute last year, as I advocated in a different Washington Post column, to kind of set up a process for the Justice Department per- to pursue civil litigation, which is different from the kind of criminal trials that were going on now, which can't really get to this issue. But the Congress could have created a, a mechanism. Congress didn't do that. But state legislatures have the power under our Constitution to determine the manner of presidential elections, uh, including how their electors get appointed. And, and, and there's a lot of power under Article Two for state legislatures. So that is what appears to me is the mechanism that makes for the most orderly adjudication um, in, in, in the interest of the country. And, and I recognize well, your okay. point. I was going to I was just going to ask a follow if if I may. So if if a state legislature greenlighted a secretary of state to do so and now the challenge gets made and the litigation ensues, where would the definitive trial be? I mean, would it be at at the federal level for that state court, you know, depending on on where that state might be located and what the federal system might be there? Like where would we all look to the carrying out of Donald Trump's due process rights and, and actually evidence being presented as to whether he had engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Yeah, I think it would have to be in state court initially, although, um, you know, this removal to federal court procedure were already seen being invoked uh, in Georgia by Mark Meadows. And so, you know, there's at least some possibility that if the trial started out uh, being filed in a state court, it could be removed to federal court. Um, either way, it can get up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Let's just assume it stayed in state court for the evidentiary part of the process. Um, it, it would be like a defamation civil litigation. Uh, I would think an appropriate standard would be clear and convincing evidence and, and the, again, robust rights of cross-examination and, and, and so forth. So I, I think it would qualify... Uh, as a as a full and fair evidentiary hearing under our constitutional standards of, of due process, and that record would go up first to the state supreme court, say Michigan Supreme Court or what have you, 
they, they would opine on the relevant legal questions, which are, you know, important and debatable, as we've said. And then there'd be a right of appeal uh, to the U.S. Supreme Court. And, and I assume that if, if, a, if a state Supreme Court sustained a disqualification ruling, it would become obviously imperative for the U.S. Supreme Court to take the case and, and settle it. And once the Supreme Court settled it, it would settle it for the nation as a whole because of the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution. It would then be binding on all states one way or the other. And again, it might sustain Trump's right to be a candidate and, and rule against the idea of disqualification, but it would be a definitive ruling one way or the other. To my second point, I began the program today by parsing a brand new AP NORC poll about the state of affairs of all of these issues. And a number that jumped off the page to me, Professor Foley, was that 43 percent of Republicans believe that after the 2020 election, Donald Trump did more to defend democracy than to threaten it. Those were your choices if you were a respondent to this AP poll. 23% of Republicans said he did more to threaten democracy. And I say to myself, what would those 43% of Republicans say about your proposal? Because I think they would feel completely disenfranchised by the system. They see it the way that he sees it, unless there were some stunning evidence that's not already in the court of public opinion record, which I don't think is the case. You get the final word. Yeah, two quick points on this. One is this is why I think it has to happen before the Republican convention, so that if we have a Supreme Court ruling of this nature, it allows for the convention, you know, to deliberate about what to do about that. Um, but, but secondly, and 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 this will be my key point is that as fraud as this would be ahead of time, I, I just think it was so much worse if Congress tried to prevent his inauguration afterwards and. And, you know, my read of the, of the way in which the January 6th committee in the House of Representatives went is, is if the Democrats retake the House of Representatives, which they might in, in November of 24, even as Trump wins a narrow electoral college victory, probably going to be close in the, in the U.S. Senate. You've got some Republicans like Mitt Romney who are, you know, anti-Trump. You know, the idea that Congress would take away the vote after it's happened and refuse to let him be inaugurated. And I think there would be political pressure on the Democratic side, the anti-Trump side, to do that, because there are people who are saying he shouldn't be anywhere near the old office. I mean, his former attorney general, Bill Barr, was on CNN shortly after the Jack Smith indictment saying he shouldn't be near the old office. So there's going to be political pressure to try to keep him out of the Oval office and, and better to have his eligibility um, resolved before the election instead of afterwards. Totally get it. Yeah. Fraught now, but much more difficult later. Professor Foley, thank you so much for writing the piece and your, your willingness to come on and discuss it and flesh it out. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. 
you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Professor Foley's piece is in all my social media. We link to it in the Smirconish.com newsletter today. And most importantly, for our purposes, this is the poll question today. I've really not even mentioned it until now. Should the 14th Amendment be used to bar Donald Trump from running for president because he's engaged in insurrection or rebellion? You heard the steps. A state legislature gives the green light. They pass something that expressly gives the green light to their secretary of state to make a determination that right now, forget these four trials, Trump is ineligible. And now it it gets tried and goes up to the Supreme Court of the United States. Do you want to see that? How how would the 43 percent of Republicans who believe what Donald Trump believes, what would they say about all of this? You might not have mentioned it, but over 19,000 people have already found the poll question. Yeah, I was I was I must say that's a big number for this this time of day. Big, big number. So uh, it is running 87 percent. Okay, let me let me just say to you, 87 percent. I'm really a fan of Professor Foley. He's a very, very bright individual. And I think that he's right. If you think this is fraught now. Imagine what it'll be like if on January 6th, does that date sound familiar, of 2025, there is such a challenge. Like, let's get to it now to avert this catastrophe. I just don't think that it's it's practical between now and the Republican National Convention of next summer, in the next 11 months, that all of this could take place. Legislature vote. States, a secretary of state makes the determination. A trial. Can you imagine trying the case of Donald Trump on the, on these grounds? And, and how and where could you do it? What do you make of what you just heard using the 14th Amendment to preclude Donald Trump from running for president again? And greetings in Margate. I'm envious. What did you most want to say? Michael, my name is Anne. I'm an attorney in practice for 40 years. I have to say, I've never called in. You are the most astute, neutral, formidable speaker. I've no one wants on to hear that. Or TV. No, I totally agree with the professor that this stuff needs to be decided before the election. It's an abomination. And um, to wait for the 
for the election is a big mistake. Thank you, Ann. Appreciate the compliment as well. Can you imagine the 43 percent of Republicans, if already whipped up about the four indictments, now there's something else on the horizon, there's an adjudication, yes, it goes to the Supreme Court, and they say, well, wait a minute, Donald Trump, you're not even eligible because you've engaged in insurrection. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusX. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Robert, you're driving through Oklahoma. You most wanted to say what? It would be, this is a federal question, so there is absolutely no way that this should be filed in state court. It should go straight to federal court. And just for the timing sake of it, there's no way it could get done if it went to state court first. No. I don't see well, I don't see how it could get done, even if it's a federal court. I mean, we, we can't even agree whether any of the four trials that are now pending are going to get tried before the election. Why? Why do we think this one would? Harold, you're in Vermont. You most wanted to say what? That I'm hoping that this will actually fly, because I think that we've waited long enough for somebody smart enough as the professor you just had on to come up with a way to get Donald Trump out of going back to the White House. Thank you. My partial reaction is to say maybe this should have been moved on soon after January 6th because we would not have been up against the clock. Plantation, Florida is where Robert is located. Hi, Robert. What did you want to contribute? The majority of the Republicans that I speak to are unaware of what the actual charges are against Trump. They just think he's being bulldozed. You know, and when you tell them what the charges are, they always go back to Biden. Well, he kept the files, but they don't right. realize that Biden right. returned the files. They're right. just unaware because of their bubble and the news sources. Well, one of the one of the other considerations is, and I said it at the time, that by going first, Alvin Bragg with the Stormy Daniels case, you know, by now, if you listen to this program, I, I don't think that should have been filed. Uh, I think that he jumped through too many hoops 
to bring that case against Donald Trump and that it, it, the statute of limitations issues, I don't think it should have been brought, but it poisoned the well. Because what was Trump getting sued for? Oh, it's about sex. Now, I know some of you are going to say, no, it's a misrepresentation of tax records. And yet at its core, it's about sex. We litigated sex in the 90s. People don't care. And therefore, when each of the other indictments came, there was like this preconditioning. Oh, what are they, what are they doing to him now? Because, you know, they indicted him for sex. Katie, you're on Long Island. What did you most want to say? Hi, Michael. Big fan. Hi. Hi. I, I'm just so floored by the fact that if it was anybody else doing this, what, what Trump has been doing and all of these indictments, people would have been in jail. I'm just curious, is there a thought that there would be a total meltdown in the Civil War if this guy was tried and put into prison? I think it's a concern. I'm, I'm not saying I think it, it happens, but when I frame for you, what would the 43% say if this were the way that he went down? I'm, I'm of the mindset, you've heard it from me now too many times, that, that all of these factors, all of these movements prosecutions have done is strengthen his hand. And I'm convinced, and it still may be this way, that Republicans may decide on their own that they've had enough of them. But they don't want to be told that it's time to have enough of them. Steve, you're in Chicago, Illinois. Hi. Hello. Yes, I want to make a couple of points. And, and I do think part of this has to do with the it's optics a, of it. Listen, I mean, I, wait a minute, are, just so you know, because I, wait a minute, one point, lightning round. Tell me what you most want to say. Yeah, well, I want to say that, that basically this is about the optics. I mean, on the one hand, I certainly understand the legal argument. On the other hand, I think we need to try and convince as many of these crazy people who decided to support Donald Trump to see if they can move back into the same column and thusly averting a perhaps a civil war, a second civil war in this country. And the way to do that is not to start declaring that, well, you know, in such and such state, we've, de- we've decided that Donald Trump has violated I, the I have the same concern. It's going to inflame people. Thank you, Steve. The Smirconish Podcast for Independent Minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.